This is good old boy Mike from Sips, Suds, and Smokes podcast, and you're listening to Pop Goes Your World. If you haven't already, subscribe on iTunes. And while you're there, please leave us a rating and review. And now it's time for our feature presentation. I'm Chris McBrien, and the pop culture from Generation X is everything to me. And I'm Derek Myers, and I'm here to educate Chris on the great pop culture of today's generation. Episode 181, Favorite 80s Rock Songs. Hey, hey, I'm Chris McBrien, along with Derek Myers, and this is Pop Goes Your World, the pop culture podcast for the generations. Derek, how are you, my friend? Excellent, Chris. How are you tonight? I'm good. I am good. Uh, Derek, we have something very special lined up this week. We're joined by a fellow podcaster, a fellow fantasy baseball fan, all the way from the Cinema 9 podcast and the Hey, It's Enrico Palazzo fantasy baseball podcast, the one and only Michael Govier. Hey, it's me. Beautiful. They love you, Michael. Welcome to Pop Goes Your World. How are you? Oh, I'm so humbled right now, but I'm very, very pleased to be here. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you to both of you guys. I mean, you guys are pop culture incarnate, and I'm just happy to be a part of it. And hopefully I add just a little something extra here, Derek. I hope I do. Oh, you will. Michael, you created a song a while back and you posted this cool audio file of it on Twitter. So I reached out to you back then because I wanted to know how you did that. And you were kind enough to help me out. Derek, Michael is responsible for helping me to create those audio file versions of my hit songs, Pop Goes Your World, 2020 Sucked Plenty, and I'm the OG. So for that, Michael, I'd like to thank you. The world probably won't thank you for it, but I will. So thanks, man. You got it. I mean, it's just a, it's not as complicated as I initially thought it would be, but sometimes putting audio files only online sends, tends to be a little more complex than it should be, but I'm glad that I could be of assistance, my friend. You know, I'd also like to thank you for what you bring to the podcasting community. You have this enthusiastic approach to, to movies, to pop culture, and especially to fantasy baseball. You've always been a a great advocate and, you know, just for open and honest communication about mental health awareness. I, I would go out so far as to say, I think the world needs more Michael Govier's in it. So thanks for doing what you do, man. Holy cow. Is this the Michael Govier show? This is getting out of control here. I just try to be honest. It sounds really lame and almost like a cliche. And some people get tired of it, to be honest with you. But I just tell the truth as I see it. (laughs) You and I participated in a panel on Clubhouse a few weeks ago. And like I was saying on that show, the, the number of friends that I've made as a result of fantasy baseball and podcasting, it's been nothing short of amazing. And, and now you and I are getting to know each other and it's, it's just a great community out there. And if you want to follow Michael on Twitter and I advise that you do, you'll find him at M J Govier. That's G O V I E R. And as always, you'll find Derek at Amaron underscore DM and me at C McBrien. Derek, what is new in pop culture for you, my friend. All right, Chris. Well, I have some good news for you. After a few weeks of not having anything to talk about Mm -hmm. this week, I have documentaries. 
For 40 days and 40 nights, he watches documentaries. He likes to learn about the world. It's Derek's Documentaries. Derek's Documentaries. I'm so glad. What documentaries do you have to share with us, my friend? All right. So uh, I've got three, but I'm only going to talk about two this week because mm-hmm. I want to save one for next week because it's part of a series and I want to get a few more episodes. Under and then my belt. that way I can play the song again next week. Well, of course, of course. Oh, yeah. oh, so great. the the first one, again, this will be real quick. I spoke about this. It's a documentary series that airs in Canada on the CBC channel, on the Canadian documentary channel. And it was called Photos That Changed the World. And I think we spoke about it on a previous podcast yes. when I got the, a chance to see one of the other episodes. <clears throat> so it's... Um, it's six episodes. Each episode runs an hour and each episode has two 30 minute segments where they they explore the story around a famous photograph that, you know, as the title said, literally changed the world. And so the I've been trying to find them uh, because I only had a chance to ever see the one episode. And as fortune had it, they were aired the whole series again this week on the CBC. So I was able to record them all. I got a chance to see a couple more episodes and it's great though. I saw the, the first episode, which is the pictures of, um, uh, Buzz Aldrin on the moon, man on the moon and of tank man from Tiananmen square. That was the mm. first episode yes. and like two iconic photographs. And then, uh, I watched one called, um, uh, the terror of war. And it's the photo of the nine year old girl running naked in Vietnam. She'd been napalmed and, yeah. uh, it, so again, huge impact on the the Vietnam uh, War, and and um, then the second half of that was a photo called the Drowned Boy about uh, the Syrian refugees yes. trying to flee Syria, and the, unfortunately the the young well, so many people died, but in this case it was this young boy, this two year old boy, and it was a picture of him laying face down on the beach, mm-hmm. and again it was two very traumatic, very shocking pictures that had so much real life implication. So uh, I've got a few more episodes of this to watch on my recorder, but yeah, they're fantastic. I, I strongly encourage if anyone can find this series, it's called photos that change the world. It's uh, it's great. So I had a chance to watch a couple more of those. Mm-hmm. And then on the biography channel on the A and E channel, their biography series is running a, a special programming about the WWE wrestling legends. Oh, and there's a six or seven episodes. They're all two hour documentaries. I got a chance to watch the first one on stone cold, Steve Austin. Oh, nice. And I don't know anything about stone cold. I'm not a big wrestling guy, but I don't know anything about stone cold, Steve Austin, other than his name. So this was a hundred percent new to me. It was great. A lot of good stuff coming out of it. a lot of very and of course they interview him. He's very candid about it. The goods, the bads, the highs, the lows, the things he did right, the things he did wrong, the things he regrets, the things he wish he had done differently. Um, it was it was really good. like Amy really knows how to do a biography. And uh, it, this one was really good. So there's a few more on my recorder. I'll talk about them in the coming weeks. I got the Macho Man uh, Randy Savage on there. Um, I got Shawn Michaels. I got Bret Hart. They're all coming up again. I don't really know much about these guys other than I remember their names being big when they were, you know, in their prime. But it, it was, again, really strong. So this is a series called um, WWE Legends on the A&E channel. So, again, I'm sure they're available on demand. I encourage you to check those out, too. Very cool. Okay, Michael, anything new in pop culture for you? (laughs) Well, uh, I am actually curiously excited about the new Venom sequel coming out here, and the trailer was released for that over the last week. I am very excited to see Woody Harrelson play Carnage, which is the rival to Tom Harney's Venom in the original Venom, which came out in 2018. They had a little, you know, spoiler alert, there was 
a sneak peek of Woody at the very end of that, but then they showed him a lot more in this trailer. So people were, you know, very divided on Venom because it didn't have any Spider-Man in it, and there's a lot of talk about that. But I'm still excited to see Venom because I like seeing Venom on screen. I'll I'll probably see it, even though I did have some issues with the first film. Very cool. Okay, as from- a big comic book guy, I gotta say, I I thought the movie was terrible. I, I mean, I understand. <laughs> I watched it as like a turn your brain off popcorn movie. Watch the special effects, but I thought it was awful. And so, as much as there's a lot of hype around this sequel, and I will probably watch it eventually when it comes on HBO, I have no intention of paying any money to see it. When I hear Venom, I think of the low budget Snake movie from 1981. That's what I. I don't know. So, Michael, just so you know, I I like nothing new when it comes to pop culture. But I will say one thing. One thing that is new for me, I mentioned uh, before we got on the air, I was talking about Christmas this past year. And one thing I got for Christmas was a drum set. And, Michael, I know you play the drums because I saw a video that you posted last week where you mentioned that you were sitting on the throne. And I, and I, I just want to say, when I first saw the video... Uh, I was a little bit worried because for me, sitting on the throne always meant sitting on the toilet. And I was very pleased to see when you when you pulled back that you were sitting at your drum set. And I was like, oh, oh that's really cool. So um, you're obviously a drummer. So listen, I need your feedback with something. I have, I'm down here in the studio and I have a set of drums. I've got guitars and everything down here. I got a set of drums over here. So what I'm gonna do is, I'm just gonna take off the cans. I'm gonna get away from the mic for a second. I'm gonna go jump on the throne. And I'm just going to play a little something for you. And then hopefully you can give me some feedback on my playing. Does that sound okay? This is what dreams are made of. Okay. So just give me a second. I just got to get the, the headphones off. And I got to go to the chair. I'm gonna go over there. Okay, hold on. All right. Give me a second. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. So I'm pretty comfortable here. Okay. So I'm on the throne. I'm going to get started here. What do you think? Incredible. Nice. Wow. I mean, you are a natural born talent, Chris. <laughs> it's coming along, eh? Jeez, that's really good. Oh, man, I think I'm glad that you like it. I've been really working on it. Oh, another thing that we like to do around here, in addition to playing the drums and talking about pop culture, is this. Here's your dad joke of the week. Okay, guys, I thought since we were doing 80s rock songs this week that I would do an 80s music dad joke for you. Okay. Oh man, you're gonna ruin another aspect of pop culture for me with your bad jokes, aren't oh, you? Whatever, whatever. Okay. What did Darth Vader say when the record store employee told him that they were out of George Michael albums? I, I regret to say I don't know. I find uh, your I find your lack of faith disturbing. Lack of faith. See, faith was a George Michael album. 
1987. It doesn't make it funnier. Father figure. No, nothing. Nothing. All right. We'll just move on, shall we? I am a super nerd. Dude, I don't know how you didn't get more girls in high school. Or guys, for that matter. I got no <laughs> Nothing. You're a man. Just club them over the head and drag them yeah. Oh, my, my, my. And I play a lot of Dungeons and Dragons. You're not a nerd. Oh, they, women uh, love them. Well, yeah, they do, but they're all nerdy women. So The Fawns is 73 years old. Raiders of the Lost Ark is basically Steven Spielberg giving a master's class on how to make a movie. I found a Fonzie shirt that I want <laughs> I for Christmas. Saw it, yeah. And my wife was like, you're not getting that. Can I finish? Can I finish? <laughs> okay, I finished. All right, gentlemen, first of all, before we get started counting down our top five favorite rock songs from the 80s, I just want to say, whittling down my list into just five was really, really, really hard to do. My my God, there were some amazing rock songs in the 80s. Like, it wasn't all new wave and pop music. I tell you, Derek, I could have went with the textbook answers here, too, as you always say that I do. Um, But there's, there's a lot of influential rock songs from that decade. I mean, just groundbreaking songs. So, but the way I I wanted to approach this was I wanted to stay true to the title of the podcast this week. So I decided to go with my personal favorite rock songs from the 80s. So no textbook answers from me, just my personal favorite rock songs. Okay. So Michael, since you're our esteemed guest this week, we will let you kick things off for us. What is your number five favorite rock song from the 1980s? Take it away. Just like you, Chris, this was brutal. This (laughs) was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be initially. Because when I first heard that we locked in on 80s rock songs, I'm like, oh, well, that's easy. In fact, it actually kind of buns me out because it's just going to be a bunch of 80s glam metal only, right? But then I thought about it. I'm like, what am I talking about? And as soon as I started to think about it and write down a few ideas, they started flowing and I was stuck with way too many choices. So number five for me, with a lot of regret, is Sister Christian by Night Ranger. Oh, that's a good pick. Great one. I love it. Which, to be honest with you, I never heard it until I saw Boogie Nights when I was 16, 17 years old. And once I saw that scene, though, in Boogie Nights with Alfred Molina and Mark Wahlberg, John C. Riley and the crew, I was forever changed, and it became a karaoke staple basically through my mid-20s. So even though I didn't really catch it in the 80s, it's still an 80s rock song. means a lot to me. It's a fantastic song. Oh, man, I like it. Night Ranger. I used to DJ years and years ago, and I would be at the bar, and I would play, and, and on long weekends, we'd have this big, you know, big crowd in there. And the last song in the night, we always played a slow song. And I would play Sister Christian, and I would sing along to it. I like that song. That's a good one. <laughs> that'll that'll make people go home. They just cleared the bar out. The bar. The, I tell you, the bouncers loved me because I just cleared the place. It was like a stampede to get out of there. It was great. Okay, <clears throat> number five, Derek. What do you got? Nice. Uh, I just want to comment on Sister Christian. Whenever I hear that song now, so I watch the cartoon American Dad, which is by Seth MacFarlane, who's known for his Family Guy show. And there's a there was an episode of American Dad where they had this test. How do you know if you're high from marijuana? And it was like all these things. And the number one thing on their list was you enjoy the song Sister Christian by Night Ranger. So now whenever I hear someone talk about that, for some reason, I remember that episode. And I'm like, oh, that guy likes to get high for sure. So no judgment on you, though, Michael. (laughs) No. (laughs) All right. Um, Before I get started, I want to echo what you guys have said. Mm. It was incredibly tough to whittle this list down. So I had to sort of give myself some parameters and... So I I sort of said to myself, 
it can't be like new wave glam. It can't, it has to have guitar. It has to have drums. Like it has to embody rock, but it doesn't necessarily have to be quote, like metal rock. Or, no. or arena rock. It just has to be rock. Mm-hmm. And then I started thinking about like, what are my songs? And I got the list together. No problem. Then I realized we've actually talked about a lot of the songs that appeared on my list on other episodes of this show. So I didn't want to just rehash what I already talked about. So I had to basically eliminate four songs that were probably have made the list. In a previous show, I already talked about Pour Some Sugar on Me by Def Leppard. I talked about Panama by Van Halen. I talked about Kickstart My Heart by Motley Crue. And I talked about I the Tiger by Survivor. Four awesome 80s rock so songs good, that man. I am not going to go into, but they should be on this list. So knowing they're not going to be on this list, I have five fresh songs to jump into. So my number five personal favorite rock song from the 80s, Sharp Dressed Man by ZZ Top. Yes, that's a good one. Came oh, out man was released in July 1983. It was from their amazing album Eliminator, which had a ton of hits. And you don't necessarily think ZZ Top as rock. I mean, they're sort of that hillbilly, rockabilly sound. It's, 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 like it's southern not, rock, you know? Yeah, so exactly. Yeah. But not necessarily in a in a derogatory or pejorative way. Like, I, Chris, you and I are obviously both big fans of ZZ Top. We talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. But we went Shark to see them in concert a, together in 2016. We did. Yeah. So, I mean, it had a lot of a lot of kudos it was a big hit for them uh it reached number 56 on the uh, billboard's hot 100 and on their billboard mainstream rock tracks it hit number eight and it was chosen by guitar world magazine as number 43 on their list of the 50 greatest guitar solos ever it was so good. yeah it has a lot of pedigree behind it and it's just a fun song it gets a lot of regular rotation on the all 80s channel and you hear it at just about every wedding you ever go to because the guys come in from the wedding party in their tuxedos and of course you hear sharp dressed man i don't know anybody who doesn't like this song who doesn't tap their foot when they hear it come on this is a great rock this is a great song in general mm. but it's a great rock song it's my number five i like it that's a good one. Oh yeah zz top is great okay my number five are you ready we're not gonna take it from Twisted Sister. Nice. Oh, so they really broke onto the scene with this song. It was from their second album, Stay Hungry, uh, which of course featured Dee Snider on the cover, wearing all this heavy makeup with a bone in his hand, like he was a caveman or something like that. And I uh, think like he was gonna eat the bone. And the thing is, when the song came out, like I really liked it, it you know, but it wasn't a huge hit with, with audiences because it only reached 21 on the charts. But the thing is, the music video just played nonstop on MTV and on much music up here in Canada. So Michael, uh, that's our version of MTV, uh, much music up in Canada. And um, the only thing is, is much music, oh. much music. Or, or in Quebec, it's music plus. Music plus. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Uh-oh. The, the only thing is, is that much music continued to play music even when MTV just started showing all those reality shows and everything. But uh, anyway, another thing, too, is I used to play in a band and we played this outdoor concert. It was back in the summer of 2000, I remember. And we ended our show with this song. And I played guitar and sang. My band was called Cold Spaghetti. But and anyway, this song, when I think back, you know, to the 80s and I think of rock, I, this is one of the songs I think of. So we're not going to take it by Twisted Sister, my number five. All right. On to your number four, Michael, what do you got? I got no beef with any of these. I mean, that's classic right <laughs> yeah. there, Chris. It's classic 80s rock. So that's definitely a top five worthy song. And again, like Derek said, how do you 
formulated your list and removing some of the previous songs you kind of talked about in the show. That was very smart. I have a lot of respect for that. Very wise. And there was a time in my life, Derek, I want this to be clear. When I was in my junior or senior year of college, every day, I would start the day cranking Sharp Dressed Man. I just had to start the day with that. It. it was just so much a part of like getting me going. It was really out of character for me because I wasn't a big ZZ Top fan, but uh, I could relate to that completely. Number four, with a bullet for Michael Govier's top five songs, rock songs of the 80s. Uh, that was Casey Kasem that we're gonna, I don't know if that was a very good Casey Kasem but <laughs> yeah can you do Shaggy I it, <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about Scooby Doo I did not yeah. yeah I was I was thinking were you talking Scooby Doo or yeah, Shaggy because uh, it wasn't Casey me. Kasem did the voice of, of Shaggy on Scooby Doo so he certainly did how do you think I don't know that come on now mm-hmm. I'm insulted sorry Scooby <laughs> so my number four song and this is a great rock song regardless of the decade but this is an 80s rock song. Cult of Personality by Living Color oh, is a great song. Good pass. Yes. Rock song. Killer guitar line. Yes. Uh, some people may call them a one-hit wonder, whatever. They, they're still around. Uh, I can't remember his name. Is Corey something, but he still plays. Glover. Corey Glover. Did he? I, if I'm not mistaken, he also forayed into acting because he was in Platoon. What's he look, really? Yeah, I'll have to look that, that up, and I'm pretty sure. But no, that, that's a good pick, man. I almost forgot that's about that. That's a great guys. pick. Yeah. That is good. Yeah, that, that song kicks so much butt, and it has like a poignant, good, reasonable message about society, and it kicks butt. It's got everything you want, in my opinion, for a rock song that will stand the test of time. So congratulations, Living Color. You're in my top five. Nice. And the thing is, I'm a guitar player as well as a drummer and playing that opening guitar riff is tough. Like it's tough to get it. It's, it's almost done in three, four time to like, oh, that's a good pick. I like that one. Good one. All right, Derek, uh, what do you got for number four for us? All right. My number four, mm-hmm. when you ask people of who is a quintessential 80s rocker that has stood the test of time and is still active today, it's a very short list. But I think it at the top of that list is John Bon Jovi. My number four pick is you Give Love a Bad Name by yes. Bon Jovi. Yes. And let me tell you, narrowing this down to a single Bon Jovi song from the Tough. 80s was probably even more difficult than coming up with the rest of the songs on this list. I had to pick something. This is the one that I ended up going with after what? listening to a whole bunch of Bon Jovi yeah, why songs. Why that one? Why this one? Only so let me give you a little bit mm-hmm. of the background. So it came out on July 23rd, 1986. Mm-hmm. It was from the Slippery When Wet album, which is a phenomenal album in its own right. Um... This song reached number one on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. On the year-end chart, it hit number 30. Like, this was a huge hit and is in heavy, heavy rotation today on classic rock channels, on 80s channels. I mean, Bon Jovi has never gone away. He's been able to to tweak his look, but the sound, they've been rock and roll from day one. I just love this song. It's got everything that you figure a, a rock song, capital R rock song, should have it's got the great drums it's got the great guitar it's got the great lyrics it's just it's that song that you want to sing along to and shout out and it's it's like it's all it's like an anthem song we were talking about that a few weeks ago chris we were looking at like songs that are anthems this mm-hmm. one is right up there you give love a bad name for sure um again there was no shortage of bon jovi songs to pick but this is the one i end up going with i just love it it's number four on my list you give love a bad name by bon jovi that's a good one okay my number four now, like I mentioned earlier, like putting this list together was tough. So I, what I did was I tried to think back to the 80s and I, and I tried to think of the songs that, 
that came to my mind when I reminisce about the decade. And, and let's be honest, I reminisce about that decade a lot. Um, but one song that's always stuck out to me for some reason is Dancing With Myself by Billy Idol. So it's my number four. Sometimes when I hear old songs, they're just that. They're just, they're old songs. But for some reason, when I hear Dancing With Myself, I'm immediately taken back to the 80s. And for some reason, this song reminds me of being in the high school gym during a school dance. And and, and let me tell you, by the way, this might be a surprise, but I was kind of a nerd back in high school. So like, you know, I know that's really hard to believe, but, you know, being in the high school gym at the dance, you know, was not exactly, you know, I wasn't exactly the most popular person in there, you know, it's not like I was dancing with all the girls or anything. I was always too shy. And then when I did ask them, they usually would say no. <laughs> so there was that whole crushing, you know, rejection thing. But anyway, um, this is really opening up some demons from my past, apparently. But uh, when I hear this song, it just, I don't know, there's just something about it just so 80s and and I always liked Billy Idol. I always thought he was really good and I always thought he really rocked. Um it just I don't know, it just this song brings me back to you know what it was like to grow up during that time even if I was a nerd. Um I wasn't popular like Derek was. You know, he got all the girls in high school, that guy. I was in the cafeteria selling smokes, you know. But uh Dancing with Myself is an 80s song, I think if there ever was one, so it's number 4 on my list. So that's what I'm going with. All right? Michael, on to your number 3. Definitely consider that. That was very close to my top five list without it's a, a good doubt. Song. It's good. Oh, it's great. I think about that and another song that comes to mind, but I think it's 79, so it doesn't even count, but it reminds me like Boys Don't Cry and Dancing with Myself. Those are two similar songs to me, and they both kick butt. The so. other thing too is sorry, just the other thing too about dancing with myself is it's almost like even though it's a rock song, like Billy Idol was a rocker, it's almost a dancey kind of song. Like, it's kind of a mm-hmm. bit of a crossover. I don't know. I like that one a lot. But anyway, so number three, oh, what do you got? That's completely true. That, mm-hmm. That's completely true because yeah. if you think about the rest of his career, a lot of, uh, you know, White Wedding, those are really like standard rock yeah. song, like, you know, a lot more Rebel than that. Yell. So that is, yeah. yes, exactly. That's a completely valid point, Chris. Mm-hmm. You are a wise man and I salute you. Number three for Michael Gobier's top five rock songs of the 1980s. The Police. Don't stand so close to me. Now, some of you might say, well, maybe a new wave. I don't know. But hey, they're a three piece first off. And there's a guitar in there for sure. Carrying a heavy part of the burden. So if you're thinking, well, that's not really rock. You don't know what you're talking about. The police rock. And they're one of the best three pieces to ever do it. I'm a huge fan, not just really of Sting, of the other two guys, uh, Stuart Copeland and Andy Summers. Incredible musicians in their own right i I could have probably put like three other police songs instead of this one if i wanted to it's kind of a tight race but i i had to be myself to me the police are one of the best bands i've ever heard not just in the 1980s so they got to make my top five list and that's why i even did my akil badu tribute to uh do 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 dot 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 which i did a couple uh, months ago, unfortunately, a cue Badu of the Detroit Tigers is no longer as fun a player as he was at that time, but I still think that song will hold up down the road. Nice. Oh, that's a good one. All right, Derek, what do you got for number three? All right, my number three pick, Bad to the Bone by George Thorogood and the Destroyers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> would do. Again, that's kind of like a southern rocky yeah, yeah. type of so, thing. Oh, 
good one. Okay, in all fairness, my list has been heavily influenced by recency bias. I have been listening to a ridiculous amount of 80s this week. I've been working long hours, and when I work, I have the music on in the background. And for some reason this week, well, who are we kidding? Most weeks, I have 80s music on. But this week, more than any other week, I've just been hearing all these songs, and I was like, oh, that's got to go on the list. So this is in its own right a great song and deserves to be on the list. And I'm glad that I heard it this week because it sort of jogged my memory. Came out in September of 1982. It wasn't a huge hit when it came out, but it it obviously was a big hit among George Thurgood fans. But then it got a re- resurgence when it started getting used in television and movies. So it's sort of its big comeback was in the mid to late 80s when it was featured in a Married with Children episode. And then like a couple years later, it was used in Terminator 2 Judgment Day. And that was sort of like opening the floodgates. And this song has been used. I think the Wikipedia thing said it was like over 50 TV shows and movies have since used this song or a cover of this song. It is just when you need to set a mood and set a tone in a movie or in a TV show, you play this song bad to the bone. It just immediately people get a sense of, oh, okay, this guy coming out is badass. This is either the villain or this is someone I got to take seriously or this is somebody who used to be nerdy that's now super ready to just take on the bad guy. It It is like a pump you up kind of song. And the thing with Thorogood is I have the George Thorogood's greatest hits and it is fantastic. Every song on there is is a better than the song that came before it. There's just something about him I like. I like his like he's got that deep, deep voice. And you just get the sense when you hear these lyrics that the guy singing it's like he's it's almost like he's singing about himself. Like it's like that he's bad to the bone and like you were listening to it. And it's just like what I said with Sharp Dressed Man. You hear it and you start bobbing your head and you tap in your foot. But it's it starts slow, right? It's got the din in it. And then it pauses and it's din in it. And you're like, oh, OK, I know what's coming next. It's like it builds anticipation. It's awesome. I love this song. Number three on my list. Bad to the bone. George Thurgood and the Destroyers. And like ZZ Top, like you mentioned, like it's almost that Southern Rocky type of thing. And. They, both of them use a lot of slide with their guitar too to get that sound. It's oh, that's a good one. I like that one. Okay, my number three. No big surprise. I've always you know put it out there. I'm Canadian and I love Canadian music. And I've mentioned before one of my favorite rock bands of all time is Honeymoon Suite. So Michael, they never really found any success in the states, which I, I never really understood. But you you you've heard of Honeymoon Suite? I'm assuming or no. You have stumped me once again. Well done, sir. Oh, man. So what they that, That's a shame. Do yourself a favor and look up their music library. You'll be glad you did. They're phenomenal. So they, they had a song featured uh, in the movie One Crazy Summer with John Cusack and Demi Moore back in 86. And then they, sure. they wrote the title song from Mel Gibson's Lethal Weapon in 87. But they just, for whatever reason, they just never, never broke through to American audiences. But I love these guys. Like, I've seen them in concert twice. Um, in fact, I, I saw them in concert last year, about a week before we went into COVID lockdown. And they did one of my favorite rock songs from the 80s. And that's Feel It Again. So, Michael, if you if you when you're done this podcast, if you get a chance or, or if you're listening to this podcast and, and, and you haven't heard the song, you can go on YouTube and you can find it. Um, you know, like, like I mentioned, I, I, I told you this list is going to be personal. So, you know, uh, but like dancing with myself, when I hear this song, it, it just sounds so, so 80s. I, I, and I love it. it. It starts out slow. So, so again, if you track it down on YouTube or, or something and you listen to it, just stay with it because it takes about a minute to get into it. And then the song just kicks into high gear and it's just so 
oh, good. And I've introduced it to my kids and they love it. It's, it's, it's catchy. It's got energy. It's just such an 80s song. I, I love it. It's my number three favorite rock song from the 80s. So, all right. On to your number two, Michael, what do you got? Well, you gave me something to do. I got new material yeah. to go over. It's a I'm good totally one. down with that. And by the way, Derek, George Thorgood's Bad to the Bone was in 1983's Christine, which is a scary movie based on a Stephen King film about a car, an evil car. And that was the first time I really remember hearing that song. And I also just watched Problem Child 1 and 2 this past week, which that movie is clearly clear. It's like the focus of the film. He's a bad kid, bad to the bone. So good call. I remember Christine. That was with Keith Gordon, the guy from uh, Back to School. Yes, Jaws 2. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah. I was like four years old. I watched that movie like 80 times by the time I was eight. Great call. <laughs> Parents. <laughs> my, my number two move, uh, movie, my number two musical choice of rock songs of the 80s. New Order has to make this list. Now, you could argue about mm. their, you know, placement, new wave. New and wave. They came out of Joy Division. and But this song rocks and it's called Age of Consent. It's not their biggest hit, but it's a really great song that just drives and grooves and jams. It'll get you moving. It has the danceable feel, kind of like dancing with myself in a sense, but that guitar and bass and the way that Peter Hook used his bass as a guitar, he he created a new way to rock in a sense too. And it rocks. This song, if you put this song on, Age of Consent by New Order, I just don't know how you won't have a good time. I actually never heard the song until I was 31 years old. So I didn't have like a historical or nostalgic lineage with this song growing up where it was a part of my life, but it hit me so hard when I heard it that I had to get this on my list. I just think it's a fantastic song. Do yourself a favor. Check out that song. If you've never heard it, Age of Consent by New Order. A while ago, Derek and I did a podcast of our favorite songs of all time and New Order's Bizarre Love Triangle made my list. I like that. Oh, yeah. It's so good. Yeah. All right, uh, so uh, number two, Derek, what do you got? All right, my number two. This is going to be uh, an odd pick. So my number two is sort of an out-of-left-field pick, and my number one is an absolute textbook answer. So I figure this is the yin and the yang coming here. My number two pick, favorite rock song from the mm-hmm. 1980s, She Sells Sanctuary by The Ooh, Cult. That's a good one. Oh, yes. I Came like out that. in May 1985. It was yeah. from their album called Love. Didn't really do very well on the charts. The only chart it really did okay on was the U.S. Dance Club chart, and it reached number 36. So Weren't they Canadian? Weren't they, I, I feel like they're I Canadian. don't think so. I don't think so. I'd have to double check. Or they recorded um, the album up here in Canada. That would not surprise yeah, me. Right. Uh, the Colts, one of those bands that, like, when you hear them on the radio and people go, oh, I know this song, but, like, they sometimes have a hard time figuring out the name of the band. Uh, this this was definitely one of their bigger hits. This and Firewoman sort of came around the same time, both excellent tunes. Uh, but this one was used, again, uh, just like Bad to the Bone. It started to appear from time to time in commercials, uh, I think a little bit in movies, but mostly I remember it from some commercials. And it's just got that memorable, the intro especially is the this memorable intro where it's just got the 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 little bit of the guitar and then the drums just kick it into high gear after about 10 seconds and uh it's again it's it really stands out among uh a crowd of songs that came out in 1985 that are dominated by pop songs and dance songs and new wave songs and and you didn't necessarily have a lot of 
rock and roll songs. And this definitely was a rock song. And maybe that's why it didn't do so well in the charts because it wasn't necessarily what people were into at the time. It wasn't heavy enough to be heavy metal, but it wasn't, you know, soft enough to be pop. It sort of fell in that middle ground and didn't really find a home on either side of the fence, but it does get some play on the, on the retro channels. And uh, it's just a personal favorite of mine. So my number two is she sells sanctuary from the cult. Nice. The only reason I think I asked that if they were Canadian, cause I, one time I met the bass player for the cult, his name was Jamie Stewart. And so when I was in, in high school, I had a band and, and our drummer, his two brothers were in this other band and they were produced by, by Jamie Stewart. So I got a chance to meet him once. I don't know. That's why I thought he was Canadian. But anyway, uh, speaking of Canadian, my number two, I'm going with another Canadian for my for this song. What can I say? I'm patriotic, I guess. Um, I love beer and back bacon, apparently. Um, I don't think any list of rock songs from the 80s would really be complete without at least one Brian Adams song. And, and I think his all time best song and one of the best songs from the 80s, period, was Summer of 69. So that's my number two. Uh, right from the opening guitar riff where, you know, like the thing is too, like, like unlike we just talking about Honeymoon Suite, just came to mind, like Brian Adams actually found a lot of success in the States. You know, he's an international superstar, right? And he's just done so many good songs over the years. I've seen him in concert too. My wife says that it was the best concert that she's ever seen. And Summer of 69 is one of those kind of songs that will, it'll just transport you back in time. You know, when I hear that opening riff, that guitar, it's like it's it's 1985 all over again. I'm 15 years old. I'm jamming with my high school rock band in a garage somewhere. Um, I think the the thing is, the song is called Summer of 69, but I think to millions of Gen Xers, it's the summer of 85 because that's when we first heard it. And that's when it takes us back to. So I think that this song packs a lot of punch on a lot of levels. So it's it's my number two favorite rock song from the 80s. So that's it. Here we go. We're getting down to the nitty gritty now. Number one, Michael, what have you got? I want you to know, I did have a Brian Adams song that just missed the top five, believe it or not. So, what was it? And I wasn't even trying to placate to the Canadians, but I realized it wasn't rocking enough. It's heaven. I think heaven is an incredible yeah, song, but it's not quite rocking enough. So I, I did not include it. Yeah. <sighs> Number one, Sister Michael Gobi. So. That's true. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. And that's a rocking song to me. So I think there's a lot of rocking in that song, even though it does start out in a slow ballad like way. But you want to argue about this all night, Chris? Is that what you want to do? No, no. Good drums in Sister Christian, too. So it's all good. Great drums. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Should this I play again? By the way, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I would love to hear it. Dude, if you could pull that off again, I would be amazed. Wow. I <laughs> it just feel so bad. I, I mean, I left out bands like The Cure. And uh, Iron Maiden was left out of this oh, top five. Geez, of me. Iron, I mean, the only thing with Iron Maiden, though, was that, like, I mean, I liked heavy metal and I liked all that you know, arena, you know, hair metal stuff from the 80s. But Iron Maiden took themselves too damn seriously. That's why I didn't like them. It's like they were just so. But they weren't like that, though. Well, yeah, they, they were just everything about them. like just took themselves too seriously. I don't know. I didn't. I wasn't into them. But Aces High was pretty good, I guess. But, yeah. You know, I, I just see them differently than uh, some of those glam metal bands like Motley Crue and all that. But you're right. They did take themselves more seriously to maybe yeah. distinguish themselves. Yeah. So if you're yeah, looking that, to have yeah, fun. They, you're right. They weren't like those glam, you know, metal bands. They weren't, you know. But, you know, I don't right. know. Just maybe it was just the subject matter and run to the hills. I don't know. I just I didn't didn't dig them. Doesn't get you excited, huh? Too no. serious. I understand. Yeah. But they actually have a lot in common with this band that I chose. <laughs> number one. 
I'm going with And Justice for All by Metallica. I just don't know how you can't include Metallica in a top five list of rock songs of the 80s, even if they didn't even hit it big, really, until the early 90s. But there are so many top cut prime choices for Metallica songs of the 80s. And I'm going with Injustice for All, even though I was considering one. But Injustice for All is a kick-ass jam. It rocks. It cruises. It kills. It has a statement to make, but it never slows down really, except, except you know, it starts a little bit slower in the beginning. But this is rock, man. And I think 80s rock, this is going to be a part of it. It might be a little bit of a deeper cut than maybe, uh, you know, like the stuff we talked about with Molly Crew or George Thorogood and stuff like that. But I... I think this is as good as choice as any for my list. I like I like the fact that your list includes, you know, such diverse picks as New Order and Metallica. It's so cool. <laughs> That's great. I love it, man. That's awesome. Thank you. All right, Derek, number one. Your number one favorite rock song of the 80s is... Uh, well, again, before we get into that, Michael, mm-hmm. I just want to say, uh, so uh, when I'm putting the list together, I'll often reach out to people I know that are sort of experts in the various topics. So one of my buddies, uh, former uh, roommate of mine from college, uh, Greg, he's a big music guy, but he's really into like heavier stuff. And so when I sent him, uh, I said like, hey, what are some songs? He's like, you want top 40 boring, don't you? And I'm like, yeah, sort of. He's like, well, then I guess we won't have any Metallica on your list. So I know he listens to the show. He was probably pretty happy to hear your number one pick. So Greg, we got you covered there, buddy. All right, my number one pick, absolute textbook answer. You ask someone, who are who is the biggest one of if not the biggest rock and roll band of the 80s what were some of the biggest songs they put out in the 80s my number one song welcome to the jungle by guns and nice. roses from their awesome appetite for destruction album came out in september 87 uh the welcome to the jungle single it was a huge hit it reached number seven on the hot 100 it was number 74 in the year-end charts and uh it, it it's got it, you know i got tons of stats here about it it is just start to finish an awesome rock and roll song you put on that album and that's you know you hear that as your introduction to well i don't know guns and roses let's hear what this band's all about and that's what you hear welcome to the jungle you're hooked this is this is what rockers want to be this is this is the the pinnacle like they hit a bullseye on their first outing with appetite for destruction and you would almost think well, you got nowhere to go but down from here. And no, they they proved that they had some staying power. They put out a few great albums. And Welcome to the Jungle is a phenomenal rock song. And you might argue that Sweet Child of Mine is maybe a, a better pick. I disagree. I think they're both great songs. But I think from a, a, a rock standpoint, you've got to go with Welcome to the Jungle over, uh, over Sweet Child of Mine. There's my number one pick. I'll argue all day long that it's the right call. It's a textbook answer. I don't mind that it's a textbook answer. I had some oddball ones in there. I had to put this as number one. When we picked this topic, as soon as it was suggested, I knew this was going to be the number one. Welcome to the jungle, Guns N' Roses. And they were so unique when they came out. Like, I mean, their whole sound was different. Like, they tuned their guitars down half a step and just that whole guitar riff coming in and, and slash. Oh, that's a good pick. I like that one a lot. That's good. Um, and I think a lot of people think of them as more of the nineties, but like yeah, said, they came yeah. out in 87. So, yeah, yeah. No, they, that's a good one. I like that one. All right. Uh, my number one was actually recorded originally in 1982, but it never found an audience, but it was re-recorded in 1987 with, with much, much better production values on my dad and with a music video that featured Tony Keitane 
dancing across the hood of an 81 Jaguar. And, and by the way, she just passed away. R.I.P. Tony Katang. Yep. Yeah. Um, but let me tell you, man, she was she was a big part of 80s rock just from for, from her appearance in this video from my number one song. And that's White Snake's iconic 80s rock song, Here I Go Again. I love this song. I really do. There's just something about it. It's so it's so so kind of like Honeymoon Suites Feel It Again that I mentioned. It starts out slow, you know, with keyboards, and then it just kicks in with the drums and the tempo kicks up. I mean, this song absolutely rocks. And like with the other songs I mentioned tonight, when I hear this song, and I just heard it on the radio again this week, and I was sharing it with my son, when I hear it, I'm just instantly transported back in time to the 80s. And, and, and you know, I, I like to throw the, the term iconic around a lot on this show. But I believe, and maybe it's just my opinion, but I think this is the single most iconic rock song of the 80s. It hit number one on the charts in the U.S., hit number one on the charts in Canada. It was a worldwide sensation. And... At a time when there was a lot of heavy metal kind of out there, White Snake seemed to be like the, one of the few bands that was able to sort of bridge between heavy metal and the mainstream audience. And it was, it was they were more of a hard rock band, I guess, than heavy metal. But man, they kicked butt. Here I go again. My favorite rock song of the 80s. Also immortalized in old school, Frank the Tank loved that song himself. So. Oh, that's right. That was hilarious. It's just so good. So good. So anyway, uh, that's our top five list. We made it through, gentlemen. Really good picks. A little bit of a Yeah, those are good picks all around. Yeah, really good picks. Some of them surprised me. And I just, some of them, I was like, wow, they're so good. And I, some ones I forgot about. So, no, really, really good. So, anyway, on that note, what do you say? Let's do it again. Yeah, (laughs) what do you say? We go back and we start it all over. Now, instead, I tell you what, let's do this. Fun with Caveman. Okay, Michael, since you're our guest, I thought we'd have some fun with you this week. So, uh, I have a question for you. You obviously like rock songs from the 80s, but do you like game shows from the 80s by any chance? I certainly have a... Decent knowledge. I watched them when I was a kid, and I was born in 1980, so I feel like uh, I could hang, I think. Okay, good, because we are going to go back in time to 1987, and we are going to put you in the winner circle of the $100,000 pyramid. My friend, here's how it works. You're going to sit in the hot seat. I'm going to sit across from you. I have to strap my arms in those little red felt ropes so I don't use any arm gestures. And I'm going to give you a list, okay, of 80s rock songs. Your job is to come up with the musical artist that's associated with the songs that I list. There's six musical artists in all. And if you can name them all in the allotted time, you'll make it to the top of the pyramid and Yancey Eaton will send you a check for one hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't try to cash no. it though. <laughs> so oh, wow! So here's how it works: I give you lists of songs, you name the artist. Okay, got it. You think you can do that? Uh, no whammies, no whammies, no whammies, no whammies, no whammies. Okay, go. Dreams, drop dead legs. 
Panama. Jump. Why can't this... Yes! Sleeping bag. Double back again. Give me all your lovin'. Sharp dressed man. ZZ Top. Yes. Bringing on the heartbreak. Love bites. Armageddon it. Foolin'. Photograph. Hysteria. Yes. Heat seeker. Sink the pink. Have a drink on me. Shake your foundations. For those about to rock. Back in black. Uh, oh, easy, easy. Yes. Uh, runaway. In and out of love. You give love a bad name. Heart's done time. Angel. Love in an elevator. Aerosmith. Yes! Yes, he did it! Very good. Okay. Yancey Eaton will or won't be mailing you a check. So just keep an eye on the mailbox in the coming weeks. If it doesn't come, you can reach out to him at Yancey Eaton on Twitter, okay? That sounds great. You bailed me out on a few of those because I didn't know any, I couldn't get any of them on the first one. So well done, that was well, tough. There you go. Yeah, it usually gets easier as you go along uh, you know, with some of them. Uh, Michael, I want to say big thanks on behalf of myself and Derek. And as I mentioned before, if you're not already following Michael on Twitter, at MJ Govier, G-O-V-I-E-R. Make sure you follow him. You're a great Twitter follow. Like I say, you helped me make the audio files of my songs on Twitter. So, so for that, I thank you, even if, if Derek might hate you for it. But uh, like I said at the top of the show, I think, uh, I think we, we need more Michael Govier in this world. So, so thanks again for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Hey, I couldn't have done it without the two of you. Thank you, Derek. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, everybody. Please uh, give me your time and energy, and I will give it right back to you. And don't forget that I do a Cinema 9 podcast. If you like movies, you like pop culture, I do it with Travis Roy and Eric Branstrom. New episodes every Thursday evening. Nice. And people will definitely check that out. Derek, so next week, it's my turn to nominate a movie. So, you know, doing this show with Michael tonight, it's, it's put me in a good mood. Obviously, you know, he's a high energy guy. So I'm in the mood for a comedy. And, and all this talk of 80s songs has put me in the mood for a good old fashioned 80s comedy. So, so Derek, next week, you and I are going to take a trip back in time. And we're going to go all the way back to 1984 with the Michael Keaton comedy, Johnny Dangerously. Have you seen it? No, I don't even think I know it. Oh, boy. Michael, do you know this this movie? I just watched it about six weeks ago yes. myself. So, yes, directed by Amy Heckerling. Very good. Yes. Okay. Derek, we're going to come back next week and we're going to we're gonna review uh, Johnny Dangerous. We're going to see if you like it or not. But I, I tell you what, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. But until then, this is Chris McBrien for Derek Myers saying thanks for listening to Pop Culture World, the pop culture podcast for the generations. <laughs> for listening to Pop Goes Your World. You can contact Chris and Derek at popgoesyourworld.com. 
please take a minute and review the podcast on iTunes or wherever you download and listen to the show. 